0: Welcome back to another episode of Step Back Sisterhood. I've missed these ladies so much. We've had so much to share. We've been on this call for about 30 minutes just talking about our life. And Britt had a really, really great experience in Summer League. And she did something also really awesome. And she's going to talk about that today. And also, we're going to get the ladies' opinions about Summer League as well. And the benefits from it and what we enjoy most about it. First, we're going to start off with Britt. So, Britt... How was your summer league experience?
1: yeah no, it was, and you probably can tell by my voice that it was really, really exciting. So I was um, selected as one of the 61 people to attend something that goes alongside Summer League, which is sports business classroom. So essentially it's a program that allows you to essentially immerse yourself in the MBA and all sort of functions. They have three majors, which is the salary cap. Because the one of the, uh, he's not the founders, but the general manager of the program, um, Larry Kuhn, um, if everyone knows, is like the guru of the salary cap. Um, And then um, they have been adding additional wings of it. So there is the, scouting video and analytics. So that's pretty straightforward. They, you know, you do scouting things and review like analytics and things like that. And then they have a media and broadcasting, which uh, is a relatively new ring, but they did a lot of awesome things this year. So I I think it was like an absolutely amazing experience. There were so many people that we were able to uh, watch and see um and um and have discussions with. Um some of them included like Nate Duncan from Dunk Don um podcast. Uh I-, I saw like I mean I, I- there's probably too many people to name, but essentially they brought in people from across the NBA, not just, um, you know, known like podcasters, but other, um, you know, quote unquote celebrities, people who work in the field, as well as folks that work in the uh, in the front office and folks who work as like staff members within the organ or within the NBA and also folks who worked in the summer league. So we were able to get exposure across all facets of the league and see how the NBA, you know, sort of works to a certain extent. Of course, you probably won't get like full exposure until you're able to work. But I think the biggest thing that I learned that is that um, having connections and having people that you're taught, you know, that you have, um connections with is extremely important Um, regardless of what your position is in the NBA if you're not really talking to people then you're not going to get like uh, you know potential roles which I guess could potentially talk about nepotism things like that I don't think it's necessarily like the worst thing but um, at the same time it could make it sort of hard for folks to be able to get into the league unless like you know of course you're a basketball player but you know since half the you know Unless you're a WNBA or NBA player, that's going to be a hard thing to do. So I I think overall, if you're interested in potentially going into the league for any reason, either media related um, or, you know, working in the front office or scouting, like I I definitely recommend sports business classroom. So it was really fun. And
2: um, I think that's probably all I have to say. It It was just really exciting. Did you, I'm guessing that you did, um, salary cap. Yep. That's yeah. what I did. Was there anything, was there any way that it like, um, enhanced your, like, what's something that you learned or that you appreciated more or that like you picked up about the salary cap that maybe you didn't understand before or that you think is cool or, or something else that you have decided you want to explore further because of what you learned. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think, the one thing I sort of learned is that I did have a good understanding of the salary cap, even compared to folks in the class. Um, There was a lot of nuances that I did not have as much handle on. And I think the one thing that I did learn is that it it seems as though there aren't a lot of people in the NBA that truly know about the CBA um, because um, I think they explained it as it was an organic document that sort of grew over the years to what it is today. And as a result, you know, I, I guess just like a lot of organic grown um, rules and operating procedures. There are things where people don't realize like if one part of it is changed, it could cause ripple effects to other parts. So learning about that and learning that, you know, there are a lot of jobs that are sort of opening up related to um, not just salary cap, but just like analytics and sort of the um, new I guess, sort of reality that a lot of things are getting automated and all this other sort of components. Those are really interesting. Um, And then just being able to talk to folks who actually have a extremely knowledgeable and good handle of the um, salary cap and of the CBA in general just made me realize that I still have a long way to go when it comes to it but it was good just to you know expose myself and realize like hey I do have a pretty good handle of it it's like I, I I'm not like like half the time I say like, I'm BSing, but I think I do have a general understanding of a lot of what's going on. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then just realizing that, you know, I still have a long way to go just to learn and grow and be able to, you know, um, articulate a lot of that stuff in a better way. So I, I think that, you know, overall, like I get I, ha, I I have a good handle, but I still have a long way to go. And that, it was just great to be able to talk to folks who have like a general understanding, like there were a lot of lawyers and um, other folks who were fellow classmates. And, you know, they were, you know, just starting to learn about it and being able to talk to them um, and talk to other, you know, college, um, like, um, folks who were trying to learn about the salary cap and like sort of having those, um, discussions about how it works and then having a practical, um, practical examples of it, um, and going through and actually trying to get it to work via our, um, group assignments. That was pretty fun. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I I feel like it definitely was fun to be able to talk to folks and then also sort of realize that I do understand it a little bit more than uh, I give myself credit for at times.
2: Someone going to ask her about her uh, favorite Vegas memory, not related to summer league (laughs) or not related to the classroom. Like, uh, Highlights of people that you might have seen, or uh, just you know, summer league happenings. Yeah, so
1: I actually did see um, Shams and um, John Hollinger. So I was like sitting right behind John Hollinger during the. So one of the cool things that happened is that they actually section off a section in the like the scouting and media area for us to sit at, and then there were all these media folks. I saw Bill. Um, or i saw bull um matt bullard from who used to be one of the tv um commentators for the rockets but now works in the rockets front office i didn't meet him um but one of my friends who also went to um SBC he met him and took a picture with him. um I met um Nikias in person so our first interview here at Step Back Sisterhood um I met him in person I actually have a selfie with him um I saw um Shams walking around the concourse um and he was saying hi to folks um I mean it um I saw Amin El-Hassan, he was uh, walking around. Um, I mean, there was just so many people. I I think the coolest thing about Summer League is that it's in a relaxed space. So, you know, during the season, it's really hard to... And I guess the one thing that's sort of unfortunate is because of the pandemic, we had to be careful. So they were very you know, strict about like masks, like you had to wear masks the whole time. We had to get COVID tested in person um, at the arena and things like that. So it wasn't like normal. Previous years, they would actually let us go onto the court and um, or let previous um, SBC classes go on the court and do things. But this year we couldn't do that, but we were still able to meet folks, um, you know, relatively safely throughout Um, and it was just like interesting just to see all of these, you know, well-known people as well as folks who, you know, you recognize like their voices. If you listen to a ton of podcasts, or if you listen to like Sirius XM NBA radio, or if you watch NBA TV or, you know, all of the different outlets, ESPN, um, that have folks regularly, It, it was just nice to, like see people and see like they're I think sometimes we sort of ignore that even like players I guess players especially that they're actually like humans and they have you know thoughts and emotions that are not outside of the you know outside of their job so it it was nice to be able to see that in person and see how um, we're able to learn um, from them and how willing so many of them are when it comes to um, you know bringing in new people and helping them, um, even though it could be, you know, a potential conflict of interest for them if you're trying to eventually get a job in the league for some reason.
0: I have a question for you about your Rockets. Mm-hmm. Who's impressed you so far? Because I've been watching Summer League as well. I want to know who's impressed you from the Houston Rockets. So
1: far. Yeah. So the one who's impressed me significantly is um Sagoon, so he's the center that they um moved up for um during this year's draft he looks awesome i, I don't know like his footwork has been super like just like very good. He's hit multiple threes already. Um, I mean, I don't know if he'll be able to do that during the, um, you know, when he's playing against, um, you know, centers in the NBA during the regular season, but he did like one that was from like the NBA. So if you, um, all have seen the games, they have like the NBA logo, on one side of the court he was like halfway on the nba logo um past the three-point line and he hit a three from there um he just looks really good and i'm happy that the rockets moved up it sounds like from a lot of the analysts that i've been able to listen to like they're very like everyone is like super thrilled with him so that's probably my biggest person I think like Jalen Green until he had the hammy issue he's been looking pretty good as well um I mean he still has things to learn but it's been fun watching all of the young Rockets that they brought in sort of um I guess developed so far in the relatively short amount of time that they've been in a Rockets uniform I don't know, Amber. Did you have anyone in particular from the Rockets that you um, were in, interested in, or someone from OKC even?
0: You know, OKC has been. I've watched two of their summer league games. I've been able to watch two of them. Giddy is out with the ankle. Trey Man is is gone for personal reasons. I love this pick. I love him because he's a little over guy. Um, Robinson Earl, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I love him. I love him. I loved him in college. I did a draft piece on him two years ago. I believe, wait a minute, this is 2021. So they played 20. 2020. You know, it's just been so much since the pandemic. But anyway, <laughs> I did a draft profile on him because he thought about leaving, but then he came back. A lot of players thought about leaving and coming back. But I have really been impressed with him. I love his energy as a big guy. You know, Jay Wright, he's a great coach. He gets his players prepared for the NBA very, very well. I love him, And also Wiggins. I like uh, Aaron Wiggins a lot. He's shown me a lot as well. The two games that I've watched, I haven't been able to watch Giddy play. I uh, haven't been able to watch Trey Mann play, which is, you know, it, it sucks. But I've been impressed with those those players for OKC. Janelle, those young players for the Warriors look kind of good. What, what are you thinking? Well, I, I think that I, I really like
3: Moody. I like Moody. You know, I think he was a still at fourteen, and I really believe that he is ready to to play right now for them. Of course, you know, we want people to to be ready now, and I think Moody is closer to it than Kaminga. Now, Kaminga has been impressive uh, from what I've seen of him. I'm not that high on him as I am Moody, though. I mean, he, of course, Kaminga had some impressive highlights. But I really believe in the long run, Moody will be the one that makes more of an impact as a rookie next season than Kaminga. I, I think uh, Moody's game is more polished. Uh, you know, uh, more willing defender, and that's that's what I'm looking at right now.
0: Tara, how do you feel about your Summer League team? It's Michael Beasley, and who else is on the Summer League team for Portland? Michael Beasley, and
2: who else? I am I shaking my head because it's ah. ridiculous. Um, okay. Eight year veteran Kenneth Fareed, who I love. Okay. Perfectly great person. Eight year veteran Kenneth Fareed, 11 year veteran Michael Beasley, and five year veteran Emmanuel Moudier. We're starting. In Summer League for the Blazers. So here's what I think happened. I think somebody told Neil Olshay, build me a championship roster. And so he went and tried to like build the best Summer League championship roster. And they even fell short. They didn't even make it to the championship. It was like, what? uh. (laughs) So they had 24 years of experience between those three starters at Summer League. And they went two and two. So I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings as you can tell. I heard, I heard the frustration in your voice, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Brent, Brent Janelle,
0: Brent Janelle and I are all excited about our summer league, you know, teams are our potential. And you're just like, you know what, Portland, how did you blunder this so bad? I, it's just so I like we're roster, doing, I just shook my head.
2: So it's, it's just so we're doing favors for agents. I mean,
3: like, and, uh, and that's not what summer league is really all about. I mean, it's eight eight year and five year veterans. The summer league is all about these rookies and trying to get them acclimated to the NBA. Yes. Trying to to see uh, where they, where they match up as far in terms of pace, in terms of physicality to try to get uh, the legs underneath them for training camp. What is O'Shea doing? What What is he doing?
2: I don't know. And I, I mean, I was, I was you know, to put a positive spin on it, perhaps these guys were able to impart some veteran wisdom on the young players, perhaps. But it's just like, you're right. It's Summer League is for the young players to give them their they're first they're experience. Part,
3: but who they're going to impart um, wisdom to when most of that roster is, you know, yeah, have a vet. Yeah. yeah. who are, are you talking to, you know?
1: Well, that's the thing is that I was actually listening to um Sirius XM MBA radio and they were talking about that. So Amin as well as Jason Jackson. Um they were talking about how the NBA has sort of changed when it comes to the summer league. Previously, it would be like, you know, folks who were trying to get onto teams and finding new opportunities. But now it seems as though a lot of the rosters are already set by the time summer league starts. So you know, it's usually just like these vets who are trying to get like the vet minimum somewhere are, you know, really the only ones who really have opportunity. And I think in the case of the trailblazers, their cap situation is absolutely horrendous. And they're essentially just using the summer league to hope you know, try out a few folks who could, you know, take vet men's, they may not even have the opportunity to, you know, bring in some younger folks. So that's the one thing that sort of like changed, which I think is unfortunate because it'd be nice to be able to see like these international players or, you know, players who are from the U S who, you know, are not having the opportunity to be able to catch on to a team like before, but it, it, it's hard. I I suppose like I, I can't imagine the changes compared to just even a few years ago.
2: Uh, I feel like that's really nice of those guys to say that it's changed because it really, it's the Portland roster that changed. I didn't see a lot. I mean, occasionally I, in years past at summer league, you might see, you know, one guy who's like, Oh, I forgot about him. He hasn't been in the league for a while. This is cool. But like, Portland loaded up on experienced players. Like, I wanted to see tons of CJ Ellaby, tons of Greg Brown, tons of, um, what I can't remember the last guy's name, Trent Watford. I can't remember his name exactly. Um, but it, and I thought like they would all start all the time, but no, these other guys were in the starting lineup, and I just, And they weren't great. And like the basketball just wasn't great. I was like, I don't even know what I'm watching here. And you know, it's, this is the first time we've had a new coaching staff. And so Roy Rogers was the coach at summer league. And so like, I think somebody brought it up earlier that like, these guys are all just like getting to know, they like showed up and it's like, here we go. We're all going to play together. So there's like, you know, no chance to like build up chemistry or whatever, but I don't know for the trailblazers. I was just disappointed that that was how they chose to build their roster. With
0: that being said, ladies, I have a question for the group. If you, do you guys, before I ask the question, do you guys like how Summer League is currently constructed or would you like to see some changes made to the way they do Summer League?
1: Um, I think one of the immediate things is that I didn't realize that um, for foul, I mean, this is on the court, but for fouls, they get 10 uh, players get 10 fouls, which is outrageous. So only in the championship game do they have the normal six fouls, but 10 fouls in 40 minutes just seems excessive. That's even more than the NCAA um, and those are, you know, pseudo amateurs um, doing that. So that that's something where I, I wish that they would get it closer to the normal six, especially since they're going to have to transition to start doing the normal six. Although I do understand the reason why they do that is that they don't want to ha- they want to have the opportunity to. Well, in most years, if they were going to sort of figure out who's going to be on the roster, they're trying to figure out, you know, Those particular players and their playing style. And if they're fouling consistently, then a lot of them would be out and they wouldn't be able to get fully scouted. But I think that's a little bit ridiculous with um, 10 fouls.
2: Um, One thing that that was different about this year was that, like, in years past, it was more of a, like, tournament after everybody played their initial games. Then there was, like, a playoff. And this year, it's just everybody plays four games, the two with the best record, and then whoever makes it through the tiebreaker, they get to play for the championship, and everybody just plays, like, one extra game. And I don't know if they just changed that for – you know this year or not i think that was probably a pretty good change because in the years past like often like the big you know important rookies that everybody really wanted to watch they'll only play in the first like two or three games just to preserve them and make sure that they don't get hurt so i think this change um you know doesn't drag out like a you know a playoff when you know, the star rookies aren't even playing anymore because they're being rested and preserved from injury. I thought, um, so I'm curious to see how, how players like that. What about you, Amber?
0: I like summer league. I like it. And you know what else I like about it? I like that it's being broadcasted so that, you know, casual fans can actually see these players play. For me, I get hooked on a player, right? So this summer league is Davion Mitchell. He's been awesome in summer league for Sacramento Kings.
2: Me too. I love him.
0: He, Because he played in the California. They had the California version where they had four teams. And then now he's playing in the the Vegas summer league. Because he used to be in Orlando, if you guys don't remember. For our listeners don't remember, he used to be in Orlando. And now it's in Vegas. They would have two different ones. They have Orlando in Vegas, I believe, and then now they do like a California one where it's four teams. Then they all, all then all the teams go to Vegas. But I've really enjoyed Davion Mitchell. I like to get hooked on a player and watch him. I loved him at Baylor. I just loved that Baylor team so much. So I got hooked on him, and of course I watch the OKC Thunder play when I can. Another player that I've been really, really interested to watch play is Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. Number one overall pick. I know this sounds like a cliche pick to pick, but to watch him and his development, because I was watching him in high school. I watched YouTube of him in high school. Of course, he played in the Big 12, played at Oklahoma State. I got to watch a lot of his games at Oklahoma State. And then he's playing, and now he's number one pick, and he's playing for the Detroit Pistons. So I've really enjoyed his growth as a player and me just watching him grow as a player and him knocking down shots consistently and getting his teammates involved. I enjoyed that part of his game. Now, he's got more things to learn, of course, but as number one overall pick, I think he's handled the pressure fairly well. In this summer league, it's just fun because you get to see first-year guys, second-year guys, and then, you know, G League guys that are trying to make a roster. And like you guys said before, a lot of these rosters aren't set, but some of them aren't. And some of these guys are going to have an opportunity to get two-way contracts and things like that. Mac McClung, the Lakers signed him which was very interesting because I think the Lakers probably have one or two spots left. If I'm thinking correctly, I think they might have one or two spots left from everybody
1: they've signed. Or they're just going to sign a ton of vet men. So that's just the Lakers destiny for this season.
0: I I, I think so too. (laughs) I think so too. So the the things that you guys talked about, the 10 files, I never understood that they on one broadcast, they named every player that is found out of summer league. It hasn't been that many, but, Ten thousand is a little excessive. You need to learn how to play defense in the NBA, just point blank, period. And also I like the tournament style as well that you talked about, Tara. I love the tournament style that they did. And I don't I don't know if this is a COVID thing or what, you know, because a condensed be schedule and then you're ready to start training camp. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I hope they go back to that tournament style. But I've enjoyed summer league. I always do. And I try to catch as many games as I can. Um, Scotty Barnes is another player that I've enjoyed watching as well for the Toronto Raptors. I think he was a great pick. I wanted OKC to get him at six, but Toronto took him at four. But Janelle, what do you think about Summer League thus far?
3: I think Summer League is great. And I, I like how it has evolved into an event. It's not only what happens on the court, as far as these, these young guys, it's almost like a convention, you know, like an NBA convention with, you know, media, you know, I like those, those business classes that Britt was taking. But on the court, like I said, it, it is a great opportunity for these rookies to get a feel of what the, what it's going to be like in, in their first 82 games in the league. And um, as far as the tournament style, I wish they would go back to it because the tournament style will, is like, you know, the experience of uh, a pressure – you know, more of a pressure atmosphere on the NBA level. That's how I look at it. And that'll be really beneficial. And I hope they bring it back next year. And as far as um, rookies that has impressed me and, you know, otherwise, you know, Scotty Barnes is one of them. And of course, uh, Moses Moody for my Warriors. And also the Hornets rookies are, are pretty interesting to watch. You know, Jones and a book night, um, they're gonna be fun for Charlotte. And also there are talks about me Ball getting a um a gene trial for the Greensboro Swarm. So you know, it's just it's it's a good way to to um see what these rookies are made of and you know, who gets gene opportunities. It's, you know, I don't see anything wrong with the format, except for the 10 fouls, of course. But it's, it's great.
1: Yeah, and I think the one thing, sorry, um, T- Tara, I'll give you one second, is that I think it is going to go back to the um, the tournament format. I think this year it didn't happen was because of the reduced schedule. And then I remember that the Olympics happened, um which a lot of people weren't watching, I guess, according to ratings. So um I think that because of the Olympics and a lot of people who run the summer league were, you know, handling the Olympics until, you know, just a few days ago. And then the NBA season going long, that's why the schedule got so condensed and we don't get a tournament format, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that, now that the NBA has sort of forced the schedule to go back to normal um, next year, it'd probably go, you know, the summer league schedule, go back to normal and they'll be able to do um, the tournament format again.
2: know what you said about how it's, um, it, it's not just about the basketball on the court. It's also just like sort of the fun of like the convention and the atmosphere yeah. that is like, you know, I I've been. You know, I've been the, the, to the Summer League now several times and it is a lot like that. It's like you can actually get up close and personal with players like they have, um, you know, after the game, Zach Collins is going to go sign autographs or whatever. So you're like you're meeting these guys as they're just coming into the league and they're just getting used to like what it's like to like interact with fans. But also as a fan, you can meet them like when they're real young and they're, you know, they have their whole future ahead of them. That's a fun thing.
3: I do have an antidote for that i've done I've written an article for uh, basketball news about the the replay system about d v sport they got that they got put on on at summer league That's where it all started for for them,
2: yeah, they try stuff out they try new rules out at summer league that when they yeah. tried the coaches' challenge out at summer League. I remember like being like on day one of summer league the year that they were trying to figure that out and it's really fascinating to watch them trying to work it all out because they're like, okay, we're going to implement this. And so they see what like all the bumps are going to be. They see that like they saw, you know, like somebody had to remember to turn the light off (laughs) after the coach made the challenge. And also the refs are also trying out. And I think part of the reason for the 10 fouls is because like this is the one time that new players get to get used to like nba fouls as opposed to the college fouls or wherever else they came from so i think they give them a little bit of extra because like i think that's really in a lot of ways that's quite different from the fouls that they are used to so i think that might be partly why they do 10 fouls and speaking of 10 fouls uh i if I will be terrified when my team goes up against the Raptors lineup of Scotty Barnes and precious Achua. Those two are scary, man. They are dialed in and they will not let anybody go past. And they used a lot of their fouls. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, the, the Rockets also played the Raptors and that was the one loss that they've had so far. I mean, the Rockets are about to play in a few minutes. So who knows if they'll lose. I mean, there's a chance that they will go two and two, but yeah, the Raptors that um, fret court is going to be. Terrifying. Yeah. It's, they're going to be very hard to play against and like precious, like he didn't really get too much of an opportunity with the heat because of, you know, just um, his age and the heat, you know, trying to go for championships so i'm happy that he has a new opportunity with the raptors and he'll probably be very successful up there
2: and i imagine for players that you know weren't high draft picks uh, it's fun for them to like get a little bit of the spotlight and you know it's possible that they may get a little bit more notice than you know they were like like leangelo like ball like we brought him up earlier um he was like if you if anybody watched any of the summer league games he was a total fan favorite. Uh you know uh, Charlotte just loved it anytime LeAngelo was in and they were cheering him on and like that kind of happens every year there's always like some player or two or three that become fan favorites and everybody goes to the gym to watch like bull bull. Like he's been par- that way this year and he was that way last year. I I think or the last time they had um was he at the per- the pre- okay think about this i think about this a lot the 20 the the 2019-20 summer league you know the summer league of the season that began the season that got shut down due to covid that summer league game began with an earthquake and everything went downhill from there <laughs> do you remember that that they had the earthquake on opening night yeah when zion
1: yeah. um his that game i remember that i that it does seem like that was the start of a very rough season um i think
2: about that all the time
1: yeah because it was that and then the china situation with maury and then you know um stern passing away and then kobe passing away and then COVID, and then the bubble. It was
2: rough. It was a rough season.
1: Yeah, and hopefully, we may or may not be on the other side of it, but with how some folks are sort of treating the current situation. um, Did everybody
2: at the arena have to take COVID tests or just the people participating in the the classroom? So... You, if you were going
1: to attend, you had to um, have be vaccinated, or if you weren't vaccinated, you had to test every single day. Wow! Um, so I didn't have to do that because I've been vaccinated for a good minute. So um, good job! <laughs> so, good job. Ha- so I just had to get well everyone had to get back or tested at least once before uh or while um the event was happening um and then the players they have to get tested every day regardless of their vaccination status So at least that's what I've heard um and oh I forgot to mention I saw Giannis or at least yeah in person well I can't say in person but here's what happened uh this should, the story should be relatively short. So, um, you know, Giannis's brother, youngest brother is in the summer league this year. So, um, I guess Giannis is doing a documentary and I was walking to, um, into the, um, COVID testing area. And I guess Giannis was getting his tests completed, or he was just, um, you know, he was walking out, into like, there's this back area where like the stars and players they go through. So I was walking towards that area and him and like this film crew. Cause I think they're doing some sort of, I don't know what they're doing, but they're filming him for something. They were walking away and I, I wasn't really like looking. And then the person that I was with um, one of the interns for um, the sports business classroom said hey that's Giannis as we were passing by and I was like what what happened I didn't like actually see him but I was like maybe like not even five feet away from him like social distanced amount away from him as they were walking through so yeah so I sort of saw Giannis as he was passing by and then everyone's like oh did you see Giannis so like stuff like that was happening all the time I don't know if you saw the um video of the kid who got like the selfie with LeBron and he was like super excited like I I think with summer league even with you know the COVID precautions being like so close to the players in a relaxed atmosphere is very nice and then for many Folks, this is the first time they've been able to go to a game in person in like you know a couple of years at this point. So, uh, it I think there was like a um, that type of excitement, and then in general, a lot of the um, NBA they haven't been able to be face to face with each other for you know essentially since before the bubble. So this was like a reunion for a lot of them. But yeah, that was my Giannis experience
2: that's really cool were you in any games when like like when lebron or anybody was there
1: um so um jaw he was at one of the games not sitting anywhere near me but he was there um i think the players like the more bigger of celebrity players they were there um more towards the weekend. And that was when I was wrapping up my sports business stuff. So I wasn't able to see them, but during the week, there were quite a few players. And I know, um, a lot of the, um, like the younger, but older players, um, like, um, Duncan Robinson from the heat and bam from the heat. Um, they were attending, Um, to be like mentors for the younger players so I think that's nice that um, they were doing that and then also from the Rockets um, there was like reports of course I wasn't able to see all of it but most of the team was at Summer League so I thought it was nice that you know there were a lot of teams that were bringing in their players you know current players who have roster spots to support and mentor the younger players um, at Summer League this year.
2: One of my summer league highlights was um, I saw former trailblazer Jerome Kersey, and I was, like, super embarrassed and shy, but I was like, it's Jerome Kersey. I have to go say hi to him. So I, like, got all my courage up. And I went to say hi to him and I shook his hand and I said, you know, thank you. You've always been one of my favorite Blazer and blah, 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 blah. And I was so glad I did that because it was the next year that he died and I would have never have gotten a chance to do that. So that was it's cool to also see like the legends who are just wandering around. It yeah, was think- my
0: goal. Oh, go ahead, Brittany. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. It was it was my goal to go to Summer League this year. And Brittany, you got that experience. Like, I was like, man, I want to go to Summer League this year. That'd be fun. That'd be neat. But life happened for me. Um, I'm going to let Britt say what she's going to say. Then I have an announcement to make. So Britt, go ahead and say what you're going to say.
1: Yeah, so I, I was just going to say that if you're able to go to Summer League, it's definitely worth it. It's probably one of the only you know, leagues in professional sports, you know, other than like the minor leagues that allows you to be that close to, you know, very well-known players as well as up and coming players. So, you know, if you have the time, if you don't have like, you know, of life things that need to happen um, and hopefully next year it'd be a lot more safer and we won't have to wear masks and stuff like that, definitely consider going because it's it's worth going um, even just for a day or two. Yeah, I want that
0: experience so bad. I was like, oh my goodness. And I knew a couple of people that went, there was a guy in my sports group, um, my Unwrapped Sports Network group. A couple of those guys were able to go to Summer League and then you got to go to Summer League. And I was like, oh man, I'm so jealous. And flights from OKC to Vegas are cheap with Southwest. Like they were, they were dirt cheap. And I was like, man, I want to go so bad. And, but I'll get that experience next year. Hopefully maskless, But you never know. But I have an announcement to make. I told the ladies earlier about my new job. I will be moving to the East Coast. So Janelle will not be the only person on the East Coast anymore. I am moving from Oklahoma City to Philadelphia. And I'll be working in New Jersey. And I have a job with NFL Films as their office production assistant. So I'm officially a Philly girl. We're so excited for you. (laughs) Thank you, sisters. Thank you. So I'm a Cowboys fan and OKC fan moving to Philadelphia. We're going to see how this works out, but <laughs> we're just going to see. We're, we're going to just, you know, I'll go to some 76ers games, of course, and I'll probably go to some Eagles games. Jalen Hurts is our starting quarterback, hopefully. And he went to the University of Oklahoma for his last year of college football. So I cheer him on. I'm super excited about the opportunity to work for NFL Films and to be on the East Coast. I am tired of the Midwest Southern living. I want to see something different. So here I am taking a leap of faith and chasing after my dream. So.
2: Oh, that is so cool. And I mean, you confessed to us one time that football is really your favorite and we forgave you for that and we love you still. Uh, so just to know that you are getting this opportunity is just, oh, I'm so excited for you and I cannot wait to hear about it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a fun transition, but I've talked to the hiring managers and they say said, we're going to transition you. It's going to be pretty simple, pretty easy. Uh, We trust you and things like that. So someone took a chance on me and I am going to take advantage of this opportunity. Trust me.
2: Lots of amazing things going on with Step Back Sisters. Uh, You know, Britt, you had just had this amazing experience. And Janelle, I know that you are working on some big pieces that you've been writing.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, I I recently got an opportunity to write a feature for ESPN's Undefeated. Uh, This piece is is due on the 25th of this month, and it is essentially about uh, North Carolina Central's men's basketball head coach, Navel Moten. He is going to uh, be involved in this project called The Colleges of Idlewild, and he grew up in the Idlewild community in southeast Raleigh, and he had an opportunity to um, bring back affordable housing to the area. And that area has long since been gentrified, and it's a historical area. It is one of, I think, three neighborhoods in Raleigh that that's the first that had African American homeowners. But it's it's a real cool story. I can't wait to share it.
0: We're excited to share it. I mean, you know, read it. I'm super excited for all you ladies. Tara, we know that it's been rough for you, the transition for the Blazers. I have a question for you, Tara, because I haven't been able to you know, talk to you ladies in a while. Do you think Dame is going to stay? That is a true question I have for you. Do you think Uh, Dame is going to stay?
2: I do. I I think he's going to stay at least for now. Uh, It would be completely different from everything that he's ever said and done as long as he's been around for him to just bail um he has a really established himself in portland he said over and over again he wants to do it in portland he wants to do it for portland and i don't think he's like feel i don't feel like he's tried everything i think he's got a lot more i i think there's still more things that um He's going to try to get the franchise to do that. He's trying. And I don't know if the franchise is going to do. Uh, I don't know what else the franchise can do, but just his whole time that he has been an NBA player. And even before that Dame has always wanted to do it on his terms and be a championship in his way and not go somewhere else to do it. So I don't think he's given up yet, but boy, I want the organization to hurry up and start getting him a little help. This free agency period was not to say that like, not to say that Cody Zeller, Ben McLemore, and Ben Snell aren't terrific guys. Um and as a matter of fact, they are, I believe, upgrades from the bench players that they are replacing. Um but otherwise not a lot of moves um from Mr. Olshay. So, but I do I do think Damien is gonna still be here, at least for a while. Um He just opened a car dealership in Portland. His family's in Portland. He's getting married this fall. He has three little kids. I just, I think he's going to stay for a little while. I'm kind of curious, actually, Amber, about, um, like, what Russell Westbrook's departure from OKC was like. Was it, like, a long time coming? Was there a lot of, like, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Like, what do you remember of that? I knew I
0: know why he left. So if Paul George resigned. They had that party at Russell's house. They threw him a, a party when Paul George resigned. But once Paul George jumped ship, I knew Russell was gone because now you look at it and you say, okay, we're doing this with Paul George, right? And it just happened overnight. Boom! I was sleep on my couch and I woke up one o'clock in the morning, like what? Paul George got traded to the what? And so I told my mom when I woke up that morning, I said, if Paul George leaves which he was already gone. He, was, he agreed to go to the Clippers. I said, Russell's next, Stephen Adams is next, and they're just going to clean house and kind of start new. So when Paul George left, I knew Russell was next. I just, you know, it just happened overnight. But he requested that trade because he probably sat down with Sam Presky and Clay Bennett and said, look, I see what you guys are doing. I see your vision. If you want to go younger, I respect that. And that's why he had such a good departure from the organization. And they did it it for him respectively. And they sent him to Houston to play with James Harden. And we know how that worked out. And then he gets traded to Washington. And we know how that worked out. Although I think when he got healthy, he started playing better. And now he's going home to play in LA, which I think is going to be great for him. So I am happy for Russell. I now have to cheer for the Lakers because Melo and Russell are now Lakers. Oh, my goodness. I never thought I would see this day. But. I'm really happy for Melo and I'm really happy for Russ. He's been able to kind of control his situations when he's been traded. So I'm really happy for him. But we didn't see that Russ trade coming until Paul George decided to go to the Clippers.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to like parse through. Everybody else is tired of hearing this because I talk about. I like stop people on the street to talk about this, but I've been trying to parse through like all of the, um, you know, the sources that were saying this about Dame and this about Dame, and like I, I the the way that it makes sense in my head, and this I have no knowledge of the actual situation, but the way it makes sense in my head is that Damien himself would probably not come out in public and tell anybody that he needed traded he probably but i think the people around him who are like want him to win a championship are 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 the ones who are frustrated and who are saying this because damien never would like it makes sense to me that the people who are you know damien lillard's closest you know associates and you know friends that they're probably like they're probably more likely to be the ones who are saying, yeah, Damien, something's got to change. Like they got they need to do something for you. And I, d- I just don't think it at this point is something that's why I think it's all coming through sources. I think I think the people around Damien are the ones that are more frustrated. Damien might be frustrated, but just like everything that he's said and all the way that he's acted the entire time that he's been there, it's been so I want to do it my way. So I think it's the people around him that are getting frustrated and trying to like speak up and agitate for change on his behalf but that's I, again i have no knowledge of that that's just me guessing
3: that's that's an educated well, guess but I but what i'm wondering is how did dame himself feel about that he's not maybe he's pushing back behind the scenes and then telling them to shut up or whatever but i've been curious on how how he feels about people speaking up for his behalf. I mean, Dame seems like a, a proud dude, you know, and for, for people to be speaking up on his behalf,
2: I, I don't think that'll sit right with him. I I think that they're not directly speaking on his behalf, but like, to me, if I was like a high level Olympic bound NBA player, having dinner with my friends and for a leak to occur of the conversations that we were having that night, mm-hmm. that would disturb me. But also, like, if that leak of the com- private conversation that you're having, you know, agitates for the change that you also kind of want to see happening, I think, I don't know. Again, I don't know how these guys think or anything, but, you know, like, it's never as e- clear cut as it seems like but also Janelle I think Draymond really wants better for Damien (laughs) Draymond seems like somebody who would just be like trying to get him to come home yeah
3: but but he but that might backfire on him though
2: I don't think it makes any sense for Draymond to want Damien to come to Oakland because he has Steph Curry like that that doesn't, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, but I just see Draymond as being like very pro Damien Lord and wanting Damien Lord to be happy and have what's best for him. Yeah. I just, I just see him as a, an advocate for Damien and people going like other people sitting around the league going, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Uh, it is a lot of that, you know, and I, I do
0: see that. Yeah. Both. With teams in the West getting better, though, it's so tough to look at everybody around you getting better and you're not pushing that envelope. Right. Because right? the, Lakers, the Lakers got better. The Clippers will be the Clippers, even though they won't have Kawhi. They're still going to be formidable. Denver, Michael Porter Jr. has taken that next step, it seems like, on offense. And we they get getting Murray back. To work on. Yep, and they get Murray back. Um, the Rockets are young. Okay, C is young. Dallas, we'll see what they can do. Phoenix. Phoenix got JaVel McGee. I th- I think that's a pretty good signing for them. They need a backup big, very very badly. As much as he has his antics and things like that, he does have championship experience, and he can do. He put, he knows his role. He, he does what the team asks him to do. So when you see teams around the West getting better, and then you're not pushing the not envelope to
3: yeah, you've been,
0: yeah and you've been stagnant. Then what the heck? Like Dame is looking around the West, like what is going on like why is my team not getting better and not progressing because you got young teams like memphis memphis is on the rise i think i think memphis is going to be one of those teams those up and coming teams next season new orleans we don't know what's going on there i just uh the pelicans just frustrate me so much i think clay should wait to 2022 to come back i don't think he should rush it coming off of back-to-back injuries and his second injury being an Achilles injury but golden state will be formidable I mean, they will be formidable next, next season. They will so, be back
3: in 2022 what, because we're not expecting okay. him until maybe January, February uh,
0: at the earliest. Okay, good. Thank you. Oof. I was worried they were going to try to rush him back.
3: Uh-uh. No, I was, I was concerned. We're was expecting, expecting him we're expecting him in
0: February. Okay, good. You know, good. Oof. Thank goodness. So with that being said, I wonder what goes through Dame's mind at night. Like, is he thinking, okay, I have to trust the organization that didn't include me in the coaching search and hiring, but said they would like, how is he feeling about the organization? Because I would just be mind boggled that I am your franchise guy. And I told you that I want to win here in Portland and everybody around me is getting better. Utah is going to be up there next year too. Like, where do we fit in the West? Like, I don't want to just be a playoff team. I don't, I want to make it past the first round, second round, get to the conference finals and compete for a championship.
2: I just, I just think Damien believes so hard in his people. He believes so hard in Nurkic and he believes so hard in CJ and he believes in so hard in whoever's on his team. But I have to tell you about what happened. La- the the news that we got last week so we learned last week that during free agency, Neil Olshay, who had been told that, you know, you got to do something for Damien, that he offered Hassan Whiteside to come back. And then Hassan Whiteside turned him down. So it was like, oh. <laughs> Not only did Neil Olshay think going back to Hassan Whiteside was a a good idea, not even Hassan Whiteside thought that was a good idea. Like, what are you doing? It was so low. That that was rough. (sighs) That was rough. He signed
0: with Utah, if I'm thinking correctly, because OKC got favors. So, yeah, he signed with Utah. And Hassan Whiteside, Miami paid him all their money. And it didn't work out. Then he went to Sacramento. If I'm thinking correctly.
2: And yeah, now he's going to give it a try with Utah. So we'll see. He's already been here, and we already know yeah. it didn't work. And <laughs> yeah. Olshay went out there and was like, "Let's go back to Hassan Whiteside." Like, like I'm, I'm, ex- I think Cody Zeller is going to be a really good backup center. And as long as he can stay healthy, and as long as Nurkic stays healthy, I still think that they need another center. And so I don't think that like. I don't think that the signings that they made were bad in terms of bolstering the bench, but they haven't made any other like big shifts. And that's a lot to put on a first year coach to think that he's going to be the one making all the difference.
0: I love the Norman Powell signing. I loved you guys signing Norman Powell. I'm a huge Norman Powell fan. So I like that may
2: be honest but i'm i'm shopping for other teams to really get behind and like i uh, i've always loved memphis and uh, i mean not that i'm gonna like abandon the trailblazers but like it's just too hard to like spend too much so i'm like i like these young building teams so brett i'll probably have questions about houston because i think they've done a lot of um you know they 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 at least decided what they were gonna do they were like Well, James Harden helped them, but then like they didn't act like it was anything else. They are, they just like went for it. So I'm going to be watching them. And I think, OKC has a lot of exciting potential. So I'm excited to watch some of the other teams, the younger teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, I don't want to be pessimistic um, for your sake, Tara, when it comes to the um, Portland, but I, I think at some point the, the band-aids going to have to rip there as well. Like, I, I don't think, you know, this time last year, I was pretty optimistic that Harden would remain a rocket and that sort of didn't happen. I think at some point, especially with the way the NBA is right now, it's just difficult and rough for players to want to stay in the same environments. I mean, Harden is doing his... Um, James Harden classic his basketball game in Houston um, and I think like either next this week or next week like in the next couple of weeks Um, so he still and he still has his restaurant out here at least I I think it hasn't closed Um, and you know people still like him out here so I think even though like players don't want to necessarily move on and go to other places especially if they've been there or at least you know got their star or became a superstar in a particular area Um, at some point if they're not winning or close to getting a championship because of the pressures surrounding that a lot of them tend to go I I think you know maybe exception is Giannis but I, I honestly think Giannis got a lot of luck this season and now he's gonna be able to stay in Milwaukee as long as he really wants to. But I, I think for everyone else, the other you know, major stars for all the other teams, it's either consolidation or um, you know, be you know completely beat down with trade rumors and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean maybe you know it'd be um you know Dame will you know, buck that tra- trend, sort of speak, and try to find, you know, some way to work it out with O'Shea and with Billups and with the team that's constructed right now. But it, it it's not, <laughs> I'm not as optimistic.
2: And I 100% wouldn't blame him if he left. And I think that's also the feeling of the fan base. The fan base would not blame him if they've left because the organization has not handled this.
3: That yeah. Thing- that fit that fit with Billups is what I'm looking at. Um, you know, O'Shea, I mean, with the front office, a lot of people are looking at that, but I'm looking at the fit with Dame and uh, Billups on the court because if I'm not mistaken, I heard Billups say that uh, the left's emphasis will be on, you know, threes and come uh, about ball movement or or something like that. I'd like to see how Dame adjusts his game with that. If if he's willing to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think overall when it comes to sometimes like it's worth having that transition. Um, I'm not necessarily like hoping for that for the trailblazers because I think that it's gonna be really painful. And I emphasize or um I am um very familiar with that feeling, but sometimes it's just, it's, it's hard. Like only one team out of 30 can win, but a lot of people, you know, think that every single major superstar should win a championship because now we've had this, you know, constant, um, you know, big three or big, whatever sort of landscape in the league. Um, And, you know, it doesn't help when when you have mellow and um, Westbrook, going to um, L.A. Um, I mean, we still have the situation with the Nets. It, uh, and, you know, Lowry, although he's probably in the back end of his career, going to the Heat, like having all of these major well-known names going to these destination markets um, probably doesn't help too much. And, you know, I mean, if you get lucky, like I sort of feel like, um, Giannis was, which is probably a hater, but I, I, honestly, I, I, I feel like a lot of it, like, I don't blame him for like, I, I think the Bucks, you know, definitely were the best team, but when half of the league, because of what happened, you know, in the world um were injured and, you know, the sun's just like completely broke down at the end, it just, you know, you get lucky occasionally, but other than that, it, I don't know. I'm just sort of pessimistic about that. Sorry.
2: Well, I appreciate everybody giving me the chance to talk about it. Because like I said, like I talk about it all the time and I know everyone's probably tired of hearing it. So I appreciate you guys giving me the space to talk about it.
0: I wanted to hear your frustrations. I I did because... It's just, I don't understand the rumors, you know? And, you know, if it doesn't come from, you know, as we talked about before, Shams, Woj, you know, pertains, Mark Stein, then I really don't necessarily believe it. Even if it has a verified check. When I saw that, I was like, what the heck? Dame hasn't said anything. Dame hasn't come out and said anything. So why should I believe it? But I know he's growing frustrated with the organization. I know he is deep down. Because I would, too, if I saw everybody around me getting better and my team hasn't done enough in my eyes to win a championship. So that window for a championship is not very big, especially with the way that teams are teaming up. I mean, excuse me, players are teaming up with other superstars. That championship window is not that big anymore. So you want to take advantage of it while you can But I think he's going to have a pretty long career in the NBA because, you know, shooters typically have longer careers because, you know, when you can shoot, you can shoot. And I think he's been in the league, what, nine years, 10 years, nine years, something like that. Nine years. Nine years. Uh He could probably play for another, what, eight, probably That's 17 years. And players are taking care of their bodies more. And I appreciate that as well. But I want to get your opinion on that. And anytime you, know, you ladies have any frustrations about your teams, like I said before, this is a safe space. <laughs> Let it all out. Because I will have a lot of frustration with the Oklahoma City Thunder this season because they are young. So bear with me.
2: Well, I'm, I'm curious to see if you uh, end up switching or becoming more fond of the 76ers when you move over there.
0: You know... I will watch, you know, I'll watch them. I'll probably go to a game occasionally. But OKC okay, will always have a place in my heart. I, I just can't, you know, like the Spurs. As far as I always have a place mm-hmm. in my heart, I just can't give that up. But I will cheer for the 76ers because I have to. I'm a Philly girl now. I have to.
2: <laughs> well, they just so hired I, Damian Lillard's personal trainer. So know, maybe you'll become a Damian Lillard fan. <laughs> maybe you'll I get to David cheer Lillard. for him.
0: I, I, I'm, you a, probably I'm a, have, a little fan. I have two of his, three of his t-shirts actually. Yeah. So. And you'll probably have a, a
3: bit of uh, extra frustration if you, you know, become attached to Philly because some Philly fans don't rock with Doc. So. You might yeah, be they frustrated. don't.
0: Yeah. I know I have them in my sports group chat and they're like, what the heck is <laughs> going on? But I mean, I like Tyrese Maxey. I love Tyrese Maxey. I watched him in high school, of course, and then I watched him in college at Kentucky. They drafted Tyrese Maxey. He's been putting on a show at Summer League. I know he's a second-year guy. Um, He had flashes during last season. So I really want to go watch him play in person because I'm a huge Tyrese Maxey fan. All right, ladies, is there anything else we want to discuss before we end the show today? Any closing thoughts? Oh, just congratulations on your new gig. I know that is very exciting. It it is. I hadn't been able to sleep. That's how exciting it's been. been. I, I, I really appreciate you ladies for the support. Janelle, I appreciate you for putting all this together and putting all us together and giving us all a platform to discuss our teams and our passion for the game of basketball. And we're gonna continue this journey on the East Coast. I'll be out there with, with Janelle and then you got two West Coasters over there. And I was almost a West Coaster. I was almost a West Coaster, but the job in New Jersey, they they offered me the job first. So I just I just ran with it. So that is it for this episode of Step Back Sisterhood. I hope you enjoyed it. Britt had a great experience. Tar was able to get that frustration off for her portland trailblazers i'm looking forward to see what okc does this season and janelle was able to talk about uh, moses moody so we will see you guys probably with the week after next maybe
3: yeah probably
0: yeah the week after next and thank you for listening